Welcome to this week's episode of River City 93. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Barnes. is joining me is my good man, Matt Myers, who's crunching all the numbers to figure out how Richmond host a home playoff game and also host the final. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you spent like 20 minutes trying to figure that out. Math doesn't work in my head. I got you. Yeah. Um. So, Matt, we have a lot to talk about. We have... Probably the game of the season in USL League One. Talk about a bitter tasting game in Chattanooga ish to talk about. We got results that have impacted us, results that didn't impact us. Yeah. I believe we we control everything in front of us. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a fun week, right? Yeah, you know, uh, lots of games going on, you know, kickers games or otherwise. And, uh, for the most part, I don't think it's possible to be a kickers fan and not be really, really happy and really, really satisfied with where we are uh, today compared to where we were, uh, what we were talking about a week ago on this podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about it before we got on. I felt like our conversation before we get on like really good. We should record those as well. Uh, <laughs> but before we hopped on, we talked about it. Like, if you would have told us. You go to Union Omaha, you go to Chattanooga, two notorious places in USL League One, and you get four points out of that trip. We would have took that like without 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 anything. Oh, we're taking that you know run you know faster than uh you know Bolaño's burning you know that little you know short guy in Omaha that he just you know schooled all day you know when they played here you know earlier in the month. Right. Uh, would have been so happy with that. I mean, last time you know we were finished with the conversation, I was outright saying. No point even bothering to watch, you know, the you know Omaha's Tucson game. That's going to be you know, pointless. Uh, end up being pointless, literally for Omaha. Uh, Tried to tell you. Tried to tell you. You didn't think that was going to happen. I did it, but I tried to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, besides the fact that the game didn't, you know, end to like four in the morning or something because of lightning delays. How, how are you going to give up a goal seven seconds into the game? I, I don't know. That that was such a weird result. When I woke up inside, I was just like, "What?" <laughs> like that. That was such a weird result. But I think the weirder result was what happened Wednesday night. And granted, we had two games to talk about, so I'm kind of like mixing how we talk about each game. I think if we break down every single goal that happens on this game, I think we'll be on this podcast for two hours, and I don't think that'd be cool. So I, I think the talking points from the year Omaha game that we should definitely talk about is set piece defending quality passes into the final third and this team's about ability to fight back. You know, I feel like those are kind of like the talk boards that you pull out of that Union Omaha matchup. Yeah. I think, you know, even just the way the team started out, I think, you know, there's some noteworthy you know, points there. Uh, you saw Candela come back in for the first time in quite a while, uh, starting in Zaka's spot on Wednesday, uh, which I think surprised a lot of us, uh, you know, Zach was back by Saturday, so obviously it's n- nothing too big of a deal, you know, there. But 
that was a difference. Uh, you know, it was yellow card accumulation, which I did not know. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's Zaka, so it would check out, right? <laughs> uh, you know, you had uh, you know, Bentley getting the you know, nod on the right wing spot that day, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a compact field. You know, so kind of you know, thinking about how to you know, be able to make the pieces work you know, together pretty well. It's probably the most unique field in the league at this point. Yeah, it, it is. It is. You, unique's the nice way of saying, you know, absolute garbage. <laughs> it is. It's, unique is a nice way of saying that, man. And, I mean, this team, it, it felt like the first half, it was like, all right, I can see a draw coming out of this game. Is it the end of the world? No. But a win would be nice. And then you kind of get into the second half and watch everything happen. It just felt like both teams going blow for blow. And, uh, you know, I think as a neutral, it was probably – it's probably the best game of the season to watch. Just I mean, maybe maybe the second out. half. First half was, you know, probably not the most exciting of all time. I mean, Omaha yeah. had a few, you know, good looks. They hit the bar. You know, Kira – I don't know if they were tough saves or just they were, you know, really hard-hitting, you know, shots that you know, made the save look impressive because he was parrying them and they were – Rebounding way, you know, away. Yeah, from I think so. I, I think I think the maybe the latter half. I I know there was what uh, the one shot to hit the crossbar, and then the one shot for the fullback that I care to save. They're probably just hard angles, but easy saves. Right, uh, and we've talked about that a lot. You know, this year, you know, Akira's positioning. You know, probably not doing you know him justice a lot of times. You know, for the quality you know that he's you know, putting forth because he ends up making it look easier than it would be for, you know, sort of run-of-the-mill keeper. Yeah, yeah, probably uh, so. But, I mean, Kicker's probably didn't – they have, what, one, you know, halfway decent look from Ethan Bryant in the first half, and that's probably about it, if I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was just about that. And like I said, the first half of the game felt very even. But I th- And I tweeted, like, at it in the game, I think my biggest frustration just came, like, a lot of the passes we had going to Union Omaha's, like final third, were just sloppy or misplaced, and that was kind of like the theme throughout the game. Yeah. Like we had opportunities, before, like even in the second half, even when it was tied or we were down, like we could have built upon our lead. It was just like the final ball just wasn't, even the ball was playing too far ahead or too short, or somebody was just losing in a poor spot. Yeah, I mean, it's almost part of like you know the road kickers, you know DNA. You know, they'll kind of have a you know, first half, and you know, I think we were joking about it. You know, after the game, you're just kind of you know trying to rope a dope the opponent. You know, observe, you know, observe the body blows, and then punish them. You know, later on, because I mean, even the game Saturday, with you know, yes, you got you know, then we'll get to that when we talk about that one, but felt pretty similar. Like you know, taking you know, you know, some body blows, but you know, get ready to you know, try to you know, gas them out and you know, set them up. You hit him later on, and you know we've seen that with you know North Carolina. We've seen that you know with Fuego. We've seen that you know quite a few times already this year. Yeah, yeah, we have, and I think the second half really displayed what this kicker team was about, like mentally. Because like, <laughs> like, let me ask you this, man: when it was two one in the eighty first minute, were you kind of just like, all right, that's that's probably it? When it was one nothing, like the seventieth minute, I was like, all right, well, I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and then, all, then all hell broke loose. <laughs> Everything broke loose after that. Um, 
I, I know it was a talking point on Twitter about the penalty kicks in this game for the Union Omaha matchup. To me, both of them, you can call them soft, but at the end of the day, like if you if you give the ref a chance to call, he's going to call it. And I see like that ref was called anything physical within the box. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly one where if you're going to call one of them, you got to call the other one because they're basically the exact same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, Omaha fans need to you know you know, shut the hell up. They they cry about you know anything and everything all the time. And <laughs> like Chip said, you would think the team is nice. Well, you would think that, you know, this team has been you know, bottom of the barrel forever. Everybody's out, you know, against them, you know, well, same with Greenville. Let's be real here. These are two you know teams that have never actually you know experienced any kind of adversity and they're biggest whiners in this league. Like, <laughs> that is very much true. Greenville talking about, you know, oh, it's been so, you know, it's been such, you know, had too much heartbreak. Shut up. You know, you know come, come talk to us, you know, 2017 through, you know, 19 and, yeah. Right. We were getting deliberately our stuff. Like, I still remember the story of how we just walked into the stadium and we were just like, ah, yeah, we're losing today. We just buy beers. That's how it was. It's 2018. Like, yeah. So I want to hear about you. You know, oh, everybody's out, you know, you know, to get us, blah, blah, blah. No. Next. No, no they're not. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, like you were saying, like, everything broke loose in kind of that second half. And I think the, the thing that kind of frustrated me the most uh, out of all the goals that were scored in that game is definitely the the one that made it 2-1 for Union Omaha because Owen just totally just lost his man. And it's kind of like the same thing that happened against Chattanooga to set piece defense as, as always as if one person more or less loses their man at the bird. Yeah, uh, this is something that I feel like we've talked about off and on over the last years. Like It's gone in waves. There's been periods where – you know, they've been really good, you know, defending those. And then we're in a period like now where it's happening over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely a point of, you know, concern, I think, moving forward. You know, being able to, okay, yes, you, you're going to play a style that observes, you know, pressure and, you know, concedes corners. You, you've got to you know, make sure that you're you know, tight on those clearances and able to you know, take care of that because, uh, got away with that, you know, on Wednesday, you know, cost the team two points on Saturday. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, like you said, something that we talk about in waves. Do you think we're talking about it and kind of making like a point to talk about it just because how good this team is in the open field defensively? Like, they haven't a lot of goals that I probably say in the last two, three games from open play. It's kind of been set pieces or penalty kicks that's been scored against us. I think we talk about it because it's it's visible, mm-hmm. right? Because in in soccer goals are at a premium, yeah. and then you know when you see you know, goals happen from you know, something like that, it's like okay, one time could be a fluke, it could be you know random chance, but when you start to see a pattern, it's like this is something you all can work on. This is something that uh, you know can be you know practice and game plan for a little bit. Why is this continually popping up? Yeah, that's, that's very true. But, I mean, like, on the reverse side of that, you look at how our free kick was scored. I mean, our, our set piece was scored. And I don't understand what Union Omaha was doing. And I don't understand how EVD was just so wide open on the back post. Uh, yeah. I think he still might be back might wide be. open on the back post now. Whoever that is from Omaha, appreciate you, my man. Uh, 
you know, good looking out by not looking out at all because holy crap, like I've never seen somebody that wide open, you know, in a goal threatening position on a free kick before. No, and the thing was, it was just like when he was open, I'm just like, I'm looking, I'm like, he's not that open, like, there's no way. And or, yeah, he was. <laughs> or wondering, like, did he just start in a stupidly offside position and, you know, he just, you know, stuck with it and hoped to get by? No, he was onside the whole time. He basically took, like, you know, had somebody marking him. He took one step back. I was like, oh, well, he disappeared. He's fine. EVD's just like, sweet, back post. Let me just dunk it in from here. Yeah. Yeah, no. Nah. And, I mean, I think the goal that kind of caught all our emotions, we were all hyped up with Stephen Payne, man. Like, and what I, I still don't understand how Stewie Ball got crossed the entire goal box without anyone touching it. It just pays on the back post, just crashing in and scoring. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of, you know, well, I think we need to do this goal a little more justice and actually, like, kind of talk oh, through yeah. the, the diagramming of it because it, it, it was pretty nice you know, here. Uh, you know, so it starts with blinds the ball out wide. No surprise, it's all starting with you know, him again. Uh, yeah, but he's drops it back to, I believe it was Neil. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it went Bologna's Neil, and then Neil splits two defenders. Two, yeah, so yeah, Stu's kind of making an underlapping run. Yeah, to give it yeah, off to Stu, and then Stu squares his shoulders to the line and then crosses it across the box. But at that same time, I'm trying to think. Tazari was already off the field at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Tazaki was already so Olsen, who was on crashed towards the front the uh near post, and I think it caught Duhu's attention. Because Duhu kind of like stumbles and he doesn't know whether to like dive out for it or not. Mm-hmm. And once he gets past him, I wish I really wish we had different camera angles in USL League One. Like I just wish we had like a camera behind the net so you could just see it. Because Steve Stephen Payne's run from the backside. It's like no one just thought about him crashing it. Yeah, he, just, he flat out beat his guy to the ball, and yeah, I mean from there something you or I could score. Right. Well, hopefully we, we can. Yeah. Um, I, feel, I feel confident in our skills that we could uh, you know, be able to you know, tap it home from two yards out. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean that is a tough spot for defenders sometimes because if you go to play, you know, try to play the ball there. It's very easy to put it into your own net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those you know, can be uh, you know, tricky balls in that you know, tight zone in between you and your keeper. Uh, and, and you're right, you know, knew who you know, might have you know, had to try to pick how he, he was going to play it. Like, is he if he goes and you know, really lays out for it, you know, it's a situation where Olsen or somebody might be able to you know, toe poke it in front of him and you know, easily beat him at the near post because he's sold out, you know, or does he? You know, try to you know, play it straight up. He ended up trying to play it straight up and didn't work out. Yeah. Didn't play straight out. Um, he did it, and I'm glad he did it. <laughs> but I think, like, the moment. Yeah. I, so, I, I, at, I, that, at that point, how are you feeling? Oh, at that point, I was like, all right, we're good. We, we got the draw. I feel relaxed. I, I'm, yep. In my head, I'm still thinking, like, dang, uh, there's an opportunity for us to probably get a win. But, you know, get the draw, get out of here. Get, exactly. yeah, get, get the draw still in first place. Yeah. We're in good shape here. Nine, what was it, 96 minute? No, well, not really 94. 
Audi yeah, gets fouled like, in Fox. Yeah, it was like 90, what, three or something when it actually happened, and then just took forever for them to actually get around to taking it. Yo, I felt I felt like it took like an extra 30 minutes. Because I was just sitting there, I'm just like, in my head, I'm thinking like, all right, well, who's taking the PK? Because if he's off the field, I'm like, will it be Belayos? Like, uh, what about EVD? Uh, what about if maybe Neil? And then Neil gets the ball, I'm just like, oh, my God. In, in my head, I'm thinking like, what if he misses it? Like, How what does you? that do for the psyche of this team? How dare you? Oh, my God. Hey, yo, because I, <laughs> I was really freaking out. I was really just sitting there. I'm just like, oh, my God, what if he misses it? What's going to happen? What does that mean for the team? What does that mean for us? What does that mean? For... <laughs> and he set it up and he scores. I'm just like, whoo. No, he, yes. he nailed a nice one in Toronto last year when uh, you know, Emmy and all of them weren't allowed to travel. So I, yeah. I was pretty confident in his abilities <laughs> there. Yeah. It's just one of those things where you just like, all right, like, and look, it's a resounding win. It's a great win. Definitely in a, a hard place to play in Union Omaha. But to get that win there and what it means for the rest of like I said, like, this is a point where if we win the title, we can look at it and be like, we won the title because of, you know, this game. Yeah, definitely. At, you know, at that point, puts the team up uh, four points ahead of Omaha with, you know, only five games left. Uh they're going to have the tiebreaker because Omaha has so many more draws. It means the kickers will always have more wins than they do if they end up tied in the standings. Uh, so really, you know, it put the kickers into, you know, pole position, you know, knowing that, yes, a tough game coming up on Saturday, but Omaha also had a tough game coming up on Saturday with Greenville. And there's wiggle room. You don't have to be in a position where you have to win out to maintain. Yeah. It does, it does kind of feel like that where there is one where you're just like, all right, we can kind of get the status quo back together. You know, and like like we said at the beginning of the show, like if you would have told us at the beginning of the year, because I, I imagine when we all looked at the schedule, we saw that end of the year stretch where it was like, you get Omaha, Chattanooga. We were like, ah, be a tough two one. draws out of that will be good luck. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I still maintain that if we'd gotten two points out of this last week, it would have been a successful week. Yeah. It just felt as if, like, yeah, I'd be headed into the Chattanooga game. And by the way, like, Chattanooga, I think it what was it Friday or third? No, it was, it was Friday, I think. They signed a guy from uh, Orange County uh, Soccer Club, which, by the right. way, if you haven't been keeping up with that situation, it's crazy, but let alone how Orange County's doing. But yeah, they signed the guy right before the game, but I'm just like, what are the odds? <laughs> Whatever. I mean, sign a guy who doesn't play for last place team in championship, big deal. Yeah. Um, uh, we, uh, another thing to note from this Omaha game, uh, we talked about that EVD header. How nice is it, you know, to get the uh, whole former player scores against his old team, you know, bit working in our favor for once? Right. Right. It felt so good. It felt so good. Because afterwards, I had to, uh, I did walk and dining with Chip. And Chip was just like, that. he was like, it's, it's probably the best game I've seen. But the thing that irritated me the most was knowing that Nathan Audi had a hand in uh, y'all's court. And I was like, how do you think I feel when we play NCFC and all these other teams that got former kickers players on it? <laughs> yeah. Freaking Victor Falk, you know, scoring worldies against us and oh, God. Yeah. 
world. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not running out of bounds for once. <laughs> right. Like all these other goals that are just like, oh, here we go. And going into Saturday, you know, playing Chattanooga, it, it just sitting there. We're just like, all right. Because before that, the Badger number was eight before the Yu-Gi-Oh! game. We won. It goes to five. And you're just like, okay. So in my head, I'm playing the scenarios like, all right, Madison needs to lose or drop points. Charlotte needs to lose or win. All right. Yeah, Charlotte needs to lose or draw, and we need to win. So I'm like, all right, who do I – like, how is this going to go? Dude, you're, you're way too fixated on, you know, just clinching a playoff spot. That That is a done deal at this point. No, like, but in my head, I'm just like – I am not concerned about sixth place right now. I'm not, no, no, no. Place, I'm not concerned about sixth failure. place. But I don't do bath oil on my head, so I don't know what needs to happen for us to clinch to buy. You know, you know, it's winning. Who cares about the other teams you know, right now? <laughs> These other teams are meaningless trash to us at this point. Just let me stress out in peace, man. <laughs> Look, if you want to worry about you know, you know, garbage teams like Forward Madison, who you know also hilariously lose at the buzzer against garbage teams like North Carolina. Yes. I'm not gonna lie, that was a wonderful free kick, though. Oh, it was a great free kick, it was and it was also kick. hilarious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you want to work, you know, worry about the results of eighth versus eleventh, have at it. I'm no. more worried about how are we getting this by? How are we winning the league outright? Well, right. see, that was the thing I was thinking about because in my head, I'm like, all right, go and get everything settled this weekend. So next week we're home. Like the buy is, is there to take care of. Um, I mean, it's going to take longer just because. You know, Greenville and Omaha are, you know, competent teams. And, well, maybe Omaha not this last week. We'll, we can rub that in more later on. Uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, it's probably going to go down the last couple games to be able to officially, officially lock that up. It's just yeah. keep stacking you know, points. If they want to, you know, throw, you know, throw it away in the meantime, we'll let them. Uh, but realistically, you know, at this point, those are probably the only two teams that can, you know, Catch the kickers, you know, barring something really weird happening. Yeah, and it just seems as if, like, across USLE one this past week or so, like, set pieces and penalties have played a key role in almost every game. Maybe outside of like one, but it, it played a key part in almost every game. Yeah, I mean, you know, those are things you can plan for. I mean, there's a reason you see, you know, teams like you know the U.S. national team. I think remember at the last World Cup, you know, England had a set piece coach. And they were working on, you know, those, and they got like three or four goals out of that tournament, you know, off of various set pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's you know something that a lot, you know, a lot of soccer teams have stolen from you know the NBA, the NFL, yeah. in recent years because it's a organized you know, place where you can be able to get you know high quality you know chance on goal, and you'd be foolish not to do that. Yeah, no, take an opportunity when it's there. Um, and Richmond definitely had a chance to take an opportunity because in this game, not only were we up to nothing, we also went up a man. Um, but I think, I mean, when you saw the starting lineup, what was your overall, like, what was your first initial thoughts? Because Zaka comes in the lineup, um, Matt Bentley starting out on the wing. Where we no, he, he, Bentley wasn't in the team, EBD was. Oh, that's right, my fault. EBD, I'm getting the two lineups confused. Not seeing Bentley in the lineup at all, not even in the 18. That surprised me a little bit, but again, I, I know he had been coming off of an injury you know, recently, so maybe two games in a week, you know, it was going to be a bit much, and uh, maybe turf wasn't going to you know, cooperate with him. I, hard, hard for me to say 
you know, it's all speculation yeah. you know, right now. Uh, but overall, you know, it looked more like the tried and true is what we know. Yeah, no, tried and true is definitely what we know. And I mean, during like during the game, I don't know what it is about Richmond in playing in Chattanooga. Like it just seems as if it's such a weird. It's a weird, awkward place for us to play at, and I don't know why. It, 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 you know what the, I was thinking about? The really weird pieces? You know, we played there, what, that stadium specifically, what, like four or five times now? Yeah. I know the team's been ahead, gotten off to a 1-0 lead at least three of those times. Ah, uh, let me see. 2020, you know, Emmy scored, you know, early. Uh, you know, last year, Olix, you know, had that, like solo run all the way up, you know, the sideline, you know, right after halftime. And then obviously yesterday. 2021 we were up. Uh, yeah, both times in 2021 we were up and we can't, we lost. Uh, not 2019. Nope. 2019 they were still at that high school or whatever yeah. it was. So both times in, if I'm looking, yeah, 2020 and 2021 we were yeah. up. All right, so it was just it was just the first one this year that that hadn't happened. Yeah. So, as weird as it seems, because they hadn't gotten the job done there yet, and you know, frankly, you hadn't objectively looked very good there yet. They put themselves in a position every single time. Yeah. Which I mean, it hasn't always happened other places. Yeah, no, but I don't know, man. It's something about I guess it's the way how Chad Google feels it does not like it just makes it feel very tight. It just like you I, mean, know, I, don't, I don't know how you can think that makes it feel tight after playing at Omaha three days before. I know, I, I know. I guess because how, and I've never been at Union Omaha State, but just watching it on TV, like it feels open, like you have the space on the sides, so it doesn't feel as like narrow compact. When I look at Chattanooga, so just because of like where the team bench is, where like everything okay. is so closed in, okay, that it makes, makes it feel tight, you know. Yeah, okay, I can understand that part. I think it might be also the camera angles. Yeah, probably that. Probably that. Um, but the way how this game started, I mean, first half, we go out there, we get a penalty. Because it, it felt like both teams were even. It felt like both teams – it was. It kind of had the same feel again of the Union Omaha game first half, where it's like both teams are kind of just testing each other out, punching each other, um, and just trying to see what the other team's going to do. Yeah, I think I felt like that undersells a little bit. I mean, first half was – a lot of the Akira show, I thought. Well, yeah. Yeah, he was racking up some saves in there. I think he and, went, he ended the game with six. Uh, let's take a look here. I think uh, that it says that they out. had ten shots on target, so I, I guess that would be eight saves. Yeah, he might. Yeah, yeah, it was the Akira show. I, I mean, get the penalty kick there in what the forty first, forty first minute. Um, I don't know. It just. It felt like kind of Lady Luck was on our side for a second. Like she was kind of sitting with her for a moment. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is a team that doesn't dribble in the box very often, you know, because usually it's, you know, get the ball wide and you know, be able to swing it you know, quite a bit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, how often has Ethan Bryant been in the penalty area with the ball at his feet? And you know, he can be shifty with it. And, you know, it worked out because you know, it kind of slid a pass, you know, into him. It wasn't like he was getting ready to shoot right at that moment, uh, but you know, the defender, you know, 
went for the tackle, completely missed, took out Ethan, and you know, Emmy takes care of business there. Yeah. Take care of business. I mean, we're up one nothing. Emmy's what four goes away now from twenty, and I think what the yes, you're at sixteen. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. Like the club record is twenty one. I think in the season. Know. I don't think he's going to get there at this point with four games left. But be happy we did. Hey, look, I'm still holding out hope. The man's four goes away. I think he can get another two somewhere in there, and we'll I mean, see. Yeah, it's always possible, but. Uh, not, no, not the primary objective. No, it's not the primary objective. It's not. But, I mean, first half ends, in my head, I'm kind of just like, all right, just survive. <laughs> like, just survive, get out of here. With the win, we're up one nothing. At that point, I don't think – I don't think you know about Greenville kicked off yet. So, I think we were sitting on 47 points. Yeah, I think they might have like just kicked off. Yeah, send out forty-seven points, and at that point, I'm just like, all right, another forty-five. Just hold on. We come out of halftime, Derek, and this is the second half where I don't think Derek. I don't want to say he tinkered too much, but I, I've, I'm kind of wondering about the subs. The two. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I think it's. I think that's a fair question to be able to have because they weren't. Yeah, you know, his normal rotation. Yeah. You know, at all. So, like, right at the half, you had uh, you know, Gordon come on for Bolaños. And you know, usually you don't see Bolaños coming off right at halftime. But he, he was on a yellow. You know, he had been involved in, you know, some physical you know, battles. So, I could see that being kind of a, a preemptive strike against, you know, him picking up an, a silly you know, second yellow card. Uh, Gordon has, you know, some similar traits, you know, to him. Uh, and... Yeah, I think if it was, you know, a game where it was like you know in desperate need of you know chasing a goal or something else, yeah, maybe you know he keeps Blondius on there, but it's calculated risk and you know kind of paid off that at least this one. Yeah, no, it did because Gordon came on and scored a really nice goal. I did now. Don't do this, kids. Don't uh, drive and watch the game on your phone. Um, but I didn't get to see the goal. So, Matt, if you saw it live, do you mind describing it, friend? Yeah. So, uh, you know, the ball you know, ends up coming, you know, out wide to EVD, who's out on the left, and he's acres of space. You know, so he's, you know, advancing up, you know, through the other, uh, through the Chattanooga half, uh, and you, you know, starts to, you know, drift his way inside, and he had every opportunity to you know, just take a rip at goal, and I don't think anybody you know would have necessarily blamed him for taking a relatively open look, you know than 25 yards of goal or so. Uh, he doesn't do that. What he does is you know, he you know threads you know pass you know kind of across uh, you know the, the box you know to Neil about he's about 20 yards out, probably like near the corner of the D at that point. And he's got an open look too. He could have easily you know, you know tried to hit that and pick out you know far post and I don't think anybody would have questioned it. He didn't do that. You know, what he does is he sees, uh, you know, Wayne overlapping him, you know, right outside. So he, you know, just kind of plays a nice, uh, not not even a through ball, but you know, just a nice ball right into you know, Gordon's stride, and he hits it pure and clean first time right into uh, the low far corner. Nothing that you know Avila you know, could have possibly done, and 
we've mentioned this a lot of times, but I think he might have the hardest shot on this team because when he hits it pure, that ball moves. It, it does. It does. It is. Oh, man. It does. Such a nice goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to lie. At that moment, I'm like, all right, <clears throat> we're up 2 nothing. I think that was right around the 50. Oh, it was like 52 or 53. Yeah. I think around that time, I was just like, all right. I know Chattanooga. I know Chattanooga's going to either press the hell out of us and they're going to try to a bunch of wild shots. Because I, th- I think the announcer said, like, they leave the goal. It goes outside the box for, like, 10. So I'm like, all right, Chattanooga's coming. Because they were already kind of already there. And, man, did they call. <laughs> like, they went full out. I don't even think they had three defenders in the back. Because I know they were kind of playing that three in the back system. I don't think they had three in the back in some moments. Yeah. Well, the thing was, it didn't happen right away. Yeah, so – yeah, I had this, you know, stand out of, all right, let's pack it in, you know, 2 nothing. let's get the hell out of town right now. Uh, and, you know, hey, you know, you know, set up shop and, you know, let, you know, Gordon run on the counter, you know, because there, there's going to be space. Yeah. You know, that opens up uh, and we know he can move. Uh, so, but for the, probably like a good 10, you know, 10 to 12 minutes, I'm not going to say that, like it was all kickers or anything, but the game is pretty decent, completely controlled yeah, you know, for a while nice. there. Like it seemed like you know the team was going to be able to just play out the game essentially. Yeah, because uh, I think at that time too, like uh, Tanner the takes the sub, they bring on Galindras, mm-hmm. and we make a substitution. Well, we we take off uh, Payne for Simon Fitch. Which yeah, is, that one surprised me a little that, bit. Yeah. That's the one I was just like, and I, I, I didn't know if it was injured or not, or maybe they just saved it. I'm just like, I don't know about this one. Like, you talk, what about better defensive? I don't know. I, I don't want to see nitpicking, but I just think against the opponent, I would like to see Payne to stay out there. If it was any other team or we're up to nothing, I don't mind the substitute. I think it's just the opponent where I'm just like, you got to leave Payne on. I don't even necessarily mind Simon coming in because you know I do think you know he can be you know a guy who can bring something to the table. I was just more surprised that it was for Payne and uh, you know not for you know Stu who is on a yellow if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So I could have you know, seen that because yeah, if you're you know defending trying to run out the game, you might be in a position where all right, take a yellow. Fine, whatever. You know, but Stu obviously wouldn't have been in. You know, that kind of uh, a position to have that freedom to do so. Yeah. Uh, that, that was kind of a, a, a weird substitution in my head. It, it, I will say this. It seemed like all the attacks came from Chattanooga on that side. So I don't know if it was just like, all right, let's go a little bit more defensive. But, yeah, you, you're you right. To put Simon on that side would, uh, I don't know, kind of close yeah. to that. And there's something about – that corner down there in Chattanooga, which is just a nightmare zone for this team, because you know we talked about this previous years where you know the team was up and you know didn't end up you know getting it done, and I'm pretty sure every single goal in those games originated out of that you know same uh, you know corner where you know uh, you know our right side of defense you know in that you know closed in corner over there, whether it's from a you know a free kick or a corner or whatever, I think. I think every single one of them, you know, in those games, like last game, 
it was on the other side of the field, you know, but otherwise it's just, you know, a little death zone, you know, for late game kickers defending for some reason. Yeah, pretty much. Sucks. It's not a good area to be in. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and even with the, the goal that happens, I, I, I'm personally blaming Ethan Bryan for it just because it was a poor giveaway that kind of led to everything. He was, no one picks up. I'm trying to remember the guy who made the cross in. I think that might have been the uh, Orange County guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I honestly don't remember. I'm looking it up. Yeah, Gutierrez. That's Gutierrez. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was Gutierrez who made the cross in. And it was just one of those days where I'm just like, because <sighs> once again, I wish we had different camera angles to League One because all that you see is, all that you see is Espinosa tapping, tapping in, but nails on the ground. You don't see studio, you you only see that. So I can't really tell what happened there, but I do I, I kind of look at even just with a poor giveaway there in that moment that led to that chance. And it seems like every <clears throat> my bad. From that moment on, it just seems as if like Richard was just under the gun. Yeah. But something you know, there was a you know moment, you know, in between you know goals that would have thought you should have been able to help out. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, that's true. <laughs> oh, man. I just hate playing with Chattanooga so much. Yeah, so, so 74th minute, you know, Lombardi for Chattanooga gets sent off. Uh, second Dang. yellow card. I mean, legit yellow card. I had, there were like a couple of Chattanooga fans saying he was pushed. It was like, I went back and watched. Like, he might have got like a slight nudge from Zaka, but – Homeboy was, you know, barreling in already. You know, a little nudge isn't going to make a change yeah, nah. there. Nah. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm surprised. Uh, I know this guy's kind of skipping ahead of this goal, but I'm surprised Galindrez didn't get a yellow card for the shove on Jalen. He did the second uh, time. Oh, he did? Yeah, the second one he did. Okay, okay. I didn't see it. I was just kind of surprised. At first, I was just like, ooh, that's kind of – that's a nasty foul. Um. But yeah, that's yeah, so, I mean, so I was gonna yeah, say, I mean, down to ten, you know, up a goal, eleven v ten with fifteen ish or so to go, you would think, all right, let's control this out. And yeah, I think this comes back to where you know, you're talking about, you know, the substitutions and you know, did you know were they the right ones? You know, because you know, almost immediately, Darren makes a double change. He puts in Luke and he puts in Ani. Okay, you know Ani. That makes you know, some sense. Luke, yeah, maybe, maybe not. But takes out Neil and Emmy. Yeah, and that's oh. why I was just like, all right, is he playing it more? Cause I felt like it was more conservative. Just like, all right, let's get our guys out of here. It's been a tough game. I know it's, it when we play Chattanooga, it is an emotionally charged game. I feel like. Uh, Yu Omaha, Chattanooga, South Georgia, those are really physical games for us. Like, those games are more physical than normal. But, okay, the Emmy one I can get. I can get that one. I still feel like you kind of need Dale on the field. And I think if you bring P- Pavone in, you can kind of take EVD off. Yeah. I feel like that would have worked. Um, 
Yeah, I think the issue is taking both Emmy and Neil out. Yeah. Like one or the other, I think we can work with it. Yeah. Taking both. Because I'm trying to think that. Because Brian got some that too, right? That was a little later after it happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, even after the goal happened, because once again, I don't think anyone picked him up. Um, the guy who's going for Chattanooga. But it's like when he take Brian off and we're kind of have to go for it. At that point, I was just like, all right, this game's going to be a draw or a Chattanooga win because I hate to say it, we don't have anyone on the field that can I don't I feel comfortable with winning this game with. I think Gordon, you know, can be able to produce something. And uh EVD was still out there, but I think he had basically shifted back into a midfield role. Yeah, he did. He had to. We had no one to. We had no one to. Uh, we had no one that could be on the ball. Right. But I mean, like at that point, it was kind of just like, all right, it's two two, and now you're asking people to do things outside of themselves. Like you're asking Luke to be a goal scorer, which, as much as I love Luke, he's died. You're asking EVD to play in the, the center of midfield, which you know Chattanooga midfield is very physical, and EVD. Hasn't shown yet. He's a big boy. He can handle that kind of stuff. It, it, you know, it ended up being, you know, a front six of what? What was it at that by the end of the game? Zaka, yeah, uh, Ani, uh, you know, Olsen, EVD, Luke, and Gordon. Yeah, and I don't see a creator anywhere in that. Yeah, I yeah, you let you know, I think EVD could. You'd be a creator in a pinch, you know, but uh, yeah, I mean, most likely it's hey, let you know, Gordon run and try to make something, yeah. And I mean, like, granted, we had a free kick, and in my head, I'm scrambling to think, like, all right, well, I was like, the penalty kick, like, all right, who's gonna take the free kick? And I'm going through the list, and I'm like, well, it can't be Luke, can't be him, can't be him. I honestly forgot EVD was on the field. I would have liked to see him take it versus O'Gordon. Just because of where it was in the field. Yeah, I'm, I was fine with Gordon taking it. Yeah. To be honest. So but yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know, roll the dice on you know going all in on you know shoring it up and literally within two minutes of making those subs, they tie it up and then it's like, all right, well now what? Yeah. It- it kind of seemed like Chattanooga was fine at that point of getting out of there with a try. I mean, I imagine you have to be. You're down ten. You're down to ten man. You're playing the number one. They play not the number one seed. This is college football. You're playing the number one potential number one seed. In your own place. You come out there with a draw, and you guys still feel good about it. But this is always going to be a difficult game because these are the two highest scoring teams in USL League One, but also, I hate to say it, probably the two most leagueiest defenses as well. Uh, yeah, I think it's been a while since the even team left has kept a clean sheet. I, I mean, quite literally, that's not close to true. You know, it's the number two and tied for number three in you goals against. Yeah. Oh, see? The announcer's lying. Because he was really making a scene. I don't know, man. Also, this announcer was like, every time he talked, it would happen. He was like, well. You know, Chattanooga played Union Omaha, and they went down to a man, and look what happened there. Okay, I mean, that that's true, but uh, – and, and granted, I wasn't really listening to the game at all because I was, you know, watching, you know, 
college football at the same time and that had the audio and I had more of the eyes on you know this game you know so trying to you know, balance things out but yeah you know, like Omaha's you know got 27 goals against kickers are 32 Greenville and Chattanooga are 34. Uh, yeah so it's oh. I, I, I understand you know the thought process you know there because yeah, if there's one thing you want to you know, criticize this you know, team on, it's you know, they haven't kept that many clean sheets really you know, this year, and that would be nice if uh, a couple of those you know, started showing up, you know, in you know the column as well, because help minimize stress a little bit and knowing that they can you know, finish out a ninety without uh, conceding it at all. But yeah, what can you do? It'll be great. It'll be great to see. Um, so man, before we not wrap up the show, but start to kind of close out the show, like I said, four points. I think the bigger questions that we got to ask is definitely set piece defense during substitutions in the second half. I think those are kind of my new points, but outside of that, man, I feel kind of positive, and I also don't feel this bummed off because Central Fuego kind of blew the whole thing up by losing three nothing to Charlotte. So, dude, that'd be awesome. If that Fuego team wants to come to City Stadium on Saturday, I would love I'll it because gladly love it. I will gladly accept it. They look bad. Um, yeah. So as we sit here now, we're on 45 points, four games left. Kind of book in whole games. Uh with two road games kind of squished in there. How are you feeling? Like, how are you feeling now at this point? Feeling confident. Uh you know, so you know, to- Depending on how you want to look at the numbers. So if you're looking at it from you know the, the Elliott perspective, you know, here we need to win. You know, you get three points and you know on Saturday and it, you know the team will officially qualify for a playoff spot. You know, for me, I'm looking you know higher ground already. You know, I've already mentally put us in the playoffs because it, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm targeting at a minimum second place right now. So green. Greenville's on 40 points. Uh, so they're five points behind us. We have you know, four games to play. My goal here is I would love to have us locked ahead of them before we play them on the last day. Same. I, right. I, my, my, this is my thing. I do not want us – let's see. Try to make sure I look at the schedule right before I say this. Those last two games, I don't want us to play for anything. I want – more, more, more or less days to be locked up. I don't want to go into that last city derby with us needed to win to get at home. I want to have it already locked up. I definitely don't want to have anything to play against Greenville. I don't. <laughs> but there's going to handle it. I don't know if it'll be able to happen with that Madison game, especially uh, you know for you know first place or you know for the bye, just because not that many games left. Like we would, yeah. we would need help. You know, to be able to make that game meaningless as well. Because uh, let, let's say that the kickers win on Saturday, and let's say they win the following Saturday down at you know, Tormenta, that would get them up to fifty-one. Greenville can max out at fifty-two. So they have you know uh, Northern Colorado, and they have Tucson. You know their next two. So if they drop a point there, you know somewhere, and the kickers win those two, they're good. Yeah. We'll finish out of Greenville. Uh, but Omaha, you know, same sort of thing. They're on forty-one. You know, so they would have to, you know, drop somewhere in the meantime. They have, you know, 
Colorado and North Carolina in the meantime. So it's possible, but I don't think it's probable that both games are meaningless. I think there's a reasonable chance that that you know, last home game could be ceremonial more than anything else. Uh, but and that's you know my objective. I would not interested in you know that game meaning a whole lot. I'd love to be able to give uh, you know Paul and Quist the game. You know, be able to you know give a couple other guys a game you know that week and have just a, be just a celebration. Yeah, I would. I would honestly love that. I mean, like also like. Oh man, it would be great. It was just a celebration. Yeah, it just seems like every time for the Richmond is like we get to the end of the year, and it's like that last game has to be something for us. Like you go back look at twenty twenty Chattanooga, you go back to even last year Tucson. It's like, ah, oh, I just don't want that to be the last game because so far we're zero two in those situations, and I don't want that. Fair. Uh... I think the other you know, thing to keep in mind is there's a little bit of wiggle room. There's not a ton. You know, they get one mulligan at this point, and I'd rather not cash that in early. No, me either. Um, so, yeah, let's, real quick, let's talk about these four games coming up. At home against Central Valley Fuego, on the road, back-to-back games against Tormenta and Fort Madison, and then we close out at home against Greenville. 12 points still to play for. How do you think we do in those four games? I think at least seven. Seven, okay. Yeah, at, at least seven, which would get us to 50, you know, 52, uh, which would mean that Omaha would basically have to win out. Yeah. Uh, I was – seven would make me feel good. I think this team has potential to maybe get to – because I think each of the next four games are winnable. They're all winnable. But yeah. I'm factoring seven into the potential of maybe not trying entirely too hard the last you know home game or you know something weird happening you know somewhere. Uh, but I think seven is a completely reasonable number for the last four. Yeah, definitely is reasonable. Well, man, we'll see. We'll see how this team goes. Um, also, shout out to Tizami, one player in a month. Um, also, like the way how Darren is doing his best to be coach of the month, but he's really not like if he's even the possibility. He's like, ah, you know, I'm just gonna draw a random game here. Can we talk about USL awards real fast? <laughs> you know, the intern just forgot to upload it. It was in the drafts. Wait, what are you talking about? Oh, I think you talking about how they just did coach of the year like on the fifteenth for August. No. Oh, we're talking yeah. about last week for player of the week. How are you not going to give that to Jonathan Bolaños? You know, okay, yes, because they scored you know a hat trick in his second game of the you know, week. You know, with a penalty and like a couple tap ins, big deal. You know what happened when they went to head to head? He didn't do a damn thing in that first game. So he gets it because he's able to you know load up against a bad team. Come on, come on. You know how it is, man. I know how it is. Yeah, you know, it's nice when you can really ignore half your week. We want the bigger awards, which we are. We're attention to still get all these biggest awards. Yeah. Um, ain't right. Give our man his shine. You're right. Personally, man, as we sit here, how would you feel about this team? Not how would you feel about it, but what would it do for this team confidence to win a regular season title? 
I mean, I think it would do great because that would lock up home field and I'll take, you know, this team at home against anybody in this league any day. Yeah. Like I, I also know that there's, you know, still the stupid narrative of, oh, the kickers are bad on the road. That's a load of guard, a lot of absolute crap as well. Because if you look at the away table right now, oh, look, who's that in second place right now? The Richmond kickers. I'm not going to lie. When I looked at that, it caught me so much by surprise because it, like, I was I looked at it last night and I was like, all right, well, we got to draw. Let's go see how we do it away for him. But I looked and I was just like, we're second? Like this? Yeah. It's like, I can't complain, man. No, because a lot of people talk a lot of shit out there and don't actually do their research. They just go off of preconceived notions and don't pay attention to what actually happens on the field. You know, and, you know, there's, you know, you know chat, chat, chat about all that. And then, you know, you show people evidence and they're, oh, well, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Get over yourselves, people. Right. I mean, hey, this team is doing this thing. I think this is definitely – I think this team at the beginning of the year and definitely last year would have walked out of this game probably with just one point. And we would have been like, all right, good. I think walking out of these two games with four points, I think it does some confidence in. I also think in a weird twist away, and I'm not trying to just, you know, be positive for the sake of being positive, but – <clears throat> dropping points against Chattanooga keep this keeps this teams on his toes. You get what I'm saying? Like it keeps uh, this team alert. That's one way to spin it, sure. Well, I mean, I'm not trying to spin it in like, you know, tinted glasses, but just like, you know, you can't rest in your laurels. You can't be up to nothing and just give away the lead like that. I, I get the impression Darren is not a guy to let people get comfortable no matter what. Oh, yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, but we'll see, man. Uh, anything else for you before we wrap up, buddy? Shout out to Omaha for just having the absolute worst week in the world you know, possible. Yeah, you know, this week's been pretty rough. You go out to Tucson, worst team in the league, and get absolutely blasted you know, by them in front of literally nobody. You know, come home. You, know, you get you know you know two one and just you know pull a North Carolina FC and you know drop you know two you know stop basically stopping time goals to the kickers uh, you know one of them on you know pretty needless penalty late in the game and if that's not good enough you follow it up three days later you know, go up two men and you do the same thing again and give away another stupid penalty against nine men how are you going to do that? Yeah. I, I didn't get it. Big, big I, honestly, when I saw Greenville go to Diamond, I was like, all right. It, it, it is what it is. Um, it, it's probably the rest's fault, though. I'm just going to say it, man. For OU Omaha to have the game in hand lead that they had, and for them to be in second place now, be entitled on everything, you guys kind of fumbled it. And to walk away from this week with only one point, that's not too good. That's too good. Yeah. Um, but hey, we move back to the kickers. And if I'm looking at the table, right? Richmond is right now on their longest unbeaten streak with five games, bugging by draws and three games in between, but three wins in between. But hey, that's positive. We're doing great. So hopefully we can keep that trend up. Yeah. Good news. Uh you know, they Team's only uh, four goals from setting the League One single season scoring record, uh, and if they can, you know, get get down the next two games, they'll do in the uh, they'll have broken it in the same amount of games that North Texas had. 
you know, so I have no doubt in my mind they'll break it overall, you know, just because yeah. it's only a goal a game at this point, and we got you know a couple home games you know, coming up. Uh, but you know, record breaking offense live at yeah. City Stadium on Saturday. Yeah. Let's see it. That would be really dope to do. <clears throat> really dope, really cool to do for this team. Um, also, shout out to you, Matt, because you just dropped another article on our good friend. Hugh Roberts, which, by the way, uh, you guys should go read. Go check that out because it's a really good article, and Hugh liked it as well. So More yeah. coming, I promise. More, more on coming. More on coming, we promise. We're getting near the end, and we're starting to drop off all these articles. But as always, Matt, I appreciate you for doing this show with me, buddy. I appreciate you doing actually all the work for it. I just talk. So it's awesome. <laughs> no problem. No problem. As always, listeners, we will holler at you next time, and we'll see you guys next week. Easy.